Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, all you Rocky Horror fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker. Thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. We're in for a real treat today, folks, because it's our traditional Get Ready for Halloween show, which includes a revisit with Barry Bostwick, who played Brad Majors in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. In just a few minutes, you'll hear Barry reminisce about his experiences while filming that outrageous cult classic. He also talks with Alan Levy co-founder and CEO of Blog Talk Radio, as well as with other fans concerning those popular midnight shows connected with the movie. And he reveals fascinating details concerning weather problems during filming, what it was like working with Susan Sarandon, his favorite scene in the movie, and much, much more. We will also discuss the Rocky Horror remake, which was shown on Fox TV last week. And uh, hopefully, uh, Chuck Skull, I think he's in the chat room and he's a, a Rocky Horror fan, will uh, will share his reactions with us. Uh, we're hoping that he calls in soon. Plus, we have a live chat going during the entire show today. So let's check with Nikki Starr for a report about that. Nikki, are all systems go in the chat room? They are, and we're ready to talk about Rocky Horror. <laughs> And ready to do the time warp again, too. So people yes. who want to hear that will have to have to listen to the entire show because that's our favorite outro music. Now, uh, I think, if I'm not wrong about this, that you are a uh, an avid Rocky Horror Picture Show fan. So um, now that you have the floor... Nikki, have you seen the new Fox remake? I have. I actually watched the new Fox remake today, and then directly after it, I rewatched the original so I could make a comparison. <laughs> oh, you are good. You are good. You are a Rocky Horror Picture Show purist. <laughs> I am. So you... <laughs> I am so happy to hear that. Well, then, then the Rocky Horror Picture Show original is with you uh, in your, you know, while uh, right after you watch the the remake. And well, tell us a little bit about your your reactions. How did the remake uh, stand up to the original? Well, I haven't I hadn't seen the original in about a year. And when I was watching the remake, there were some things that I that I felt, you know, like were missing, and I thought maybe it was just because I was nostalgic. There were a lot of things that I liked about it, but I am a purist. (laughs) I liked it. I mean, I enjoyed it. You can't help but enjoy it because the music is fantastic. But I missed the costumes. I missed the original costumes. I missed the dancing. (laughs) I don't know. I I missed Tim Curry. I missed Barry. But I really loved the new Susan Sarandon. I think she did a great job. I am just in in awe over the way we have agreed about this. Of course, I I guess I'm not a purist. I didn't after I watched the remake. I didn't go and watch the uh, you know the original one, but uh, I felt the same way about um, the the, uh, Susan Sarandon character. That was Victoria uh, Justice. And she has such a beautiful singing voice, which, of course, Susan Sarandon is not noted for her singing, but she did sing in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And her her singing voice, of course, wasn't as good as Victoria Justice was. But uh, it went, it seemed to go with the character that she was playing. She was more in the acting vein than the, than the musical vein. So um, I agree with you on that, that uh, Victoria Justice did a great job. 
and I was um, very disappointed with the dancing in the remake. Um, I, I love the dancing so much, the dance numbers, especially uh, doing the time, you know, the time warp. And, uh, you know, I've just kind of uh, have have all of those steps and movements and everything in my mind. <laughs> and it's one of my all-time favorite musical numbers. And I thought that the, that, uh, the dance numbers were uh, too exaggerated. Now, if that's possible yes. in, the, in a movie like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, but I, I wasn't too happy with the uh, with the dance numbers. And I too missed uh, Tim Curry as Doctor Frankenfurter. Oh gosh! Now I love Laverne Cox in the other things that she's done. She's just she was so great in a, in a little movie that we. Uh, we talked about on our show a couple of years ago called Musical Chairs, and mm-hmm. I guess she's quite a hit in the TV series Orange is the New Black. Now, I haven't watched that. Have you watched that, Nikki? Yes, yeah, she's my favorite character in that show. She's fantastic. fantastic. And she's a, she's a great act, actress. Mm-hmm. So that, that if, if, if you're not with the, with the uh, Frankenfurter character, the rest of, you know, that's the main the main character as far as you know I'm concerned. You know what I kind of felt, Betty Joe? I kind of felt like she was overacting. Like Tim, and, and this is really interesting because I just saw them one right after the other, okay? Tim Curry was mm-hmm. so, he was so natural, naturally Frankenfurter. I really felt like Laverne was overacting. I did. And she didn't have to. I think there like was. She's, she's flamboyant and beautiful and okay. If she would have tried a little bit more to make the part her, hers, okay, instead yes. of trying to, like, duplicate him, I think it would have been better. I thought she was over. Yes, although less is more in that case because, yes. you know, it was it was just really, uh, it, it really couldn't uh, hold a candle to uh, Tim Curry's performance. And, and then it was kind of so sad to see Tim Curry as the narrator, Mm-hmm. And just you know, of course, the, the Rocky Horror Picture Show came out in 1975, so he's aged, of course. <laughs> and uh, and it, it uh, yeah, it it kind of made me a little bit uh, sad to see to see that. Uh, the other thing that I really really liked was uh, in the in the remake was the uh, role play of Eddie that was played by Meatloaf in the original. Uh-huh. And it, mm-hmm. and it was played by Adam Lambert, right. American Idol, and I thought he was outstanding. I thought that he I was, thought he was great. really, really good. I thought he was good. And then the way they opened the movie, I thought the new um, the remake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the remake, the way they opened it. What what did you think about the the opening? I I liked it. I loved it. I actually I was so excited when that happened, thinking that they might change some things up or that you know what I mean. Like that was such a big win for me that the rest of it was kind of like oh, <laughs> I really miss so much, like Tim Curry's outfits and Magenta's. I miss their their iconic looks so much. Like I felt like watching. I was watching. I don't even know. It just didn't. I don't know. I just miss their iconic looks because that's you know like inherent to Rocky Horror is how they look. And That's true. That I felt, I just, yeah, I felt I it the same way. But but the way they opened it, like you were you were going into a, a double feature, a movie, uh-huh. and then you got to see the you got to see, and the people that bought tickets and went in, and then you could see every once in a while the audience reacting like they do that. with the midnight, like they do with the midnight showings. I thought that mm-hmm. was really, really, really great. Yes. So well, I'm I'm uh, hoping that Chuck will call in so we can get his his I'm ideas. I'm talking to him on, and, in the uh, chat room, and hmm, I keep telling him to call in. Maybe he's having maybe he's having some technical difficulty. Well, while while we're waiting for him, I will um, I will talk a little bit about uh, uh, the original show uh, in case people. Oh, we should say that. Um, at least I think that if you haven't seen the original horror picture show, you probably would enjoy the remake. Do you, mm-hmm. Am I right about that? 
I totally agree with you 100%. I think that it's made for people who, for like like my daughter's age, 17, 16, 15, do you know what I mean? Like the people who right. can, who would appreciate the, you know, the whole genre of it, but then they, they're not like enmeshed into the, you know, nostalgia like we are of the old Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know what? There was one other thing, too, that I wanted to mention. So the new one was not gory at all. Like it wasn't. It was just like the, okay. No. So Rocky Horror, the original has a has an undertone of horror. Okay, it does. I yeah. mean the whole murder scene and everything. And I mean, but the new one was kind of PG ish. You know, right? I or at least the whole PG, undertone. Yeah. 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 So I think I, I think you're undertone. right about right about that too. Well, well, moving on to the original movie. I know that Barry Bostwick is one of your favorite guests that we've ever had on Movie Attic Headquarters all during these nine years that we've been doing it. And why don't you tell our listeners why he's one of your favorites? <laughs> uh, well, that whole movie, I mean him especially. I, I mean, not that I didn't love Frankenfurter because I did, but I, oh, Brad, oh, I love Brad. And him and his fishnets just killed me and gave me that fetish. For fishnets and bustiers on men, I know. Go figure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you hit, you and Barry hit it off so well during the interview, and and so we're going to we're going to hear that in just a few few minutes. But we've we've been so lucky having Barry as a guest more than once. <laughs> Besides Rocky Horror Picture Show, he he uh, came on our show to talk about uh, starring in FDR, American Badass, when he played. Franklin Delano Roosevelt as a werewolf hunter, and as usual, he was great. But today we are focusing on the Rocky Horror Picture Show, so I'd like to give some background information about about that film. Um, I was surprised when Rocky Horror bombed back in 1975, uh, and, and when I found out that those uh, midnight showings, those were the things that catapulted the film into its uh, cult status. And, you know, Susan Sarandon admits that of all her movies, this is the one that should be placed in a time capsule. And then the film got a big boost when TV's Glee featured its own version of the musical numbers. In fact, that episode became the most popular one of the series. And uh, and why not? It's such a great movie. It, it makes fun of B-movies, science fiction, and horror films from the 40s through the 70s. It was adapted from the British rock musical written by Richard O'Brien, and it was directed by Jim Sharman, and I believe they were also uh, associated with the, with the remake. And, mm-hmm. of course, Tim Curry made his first, his first movie. Uh, whoa, wow, what a, what a debut as the flamboyant transvestite Dr. Frankenfurter. And Bostwick and Susan Sarandon, play an innocent couple who stumble into the doctor's annual Transylvania convention with shocking results for everyone involved. And it's my great pleasure now to present Barry Bostwick's interview about the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So here's Barry and some of his fans. But my first question, Barry, is how did you manage to get the role of Brad Majors back in 1975? Well, you know, these kind of things, they sometimes they just sort of happen organically. I had been doing <clears throat> a lot of Broadway musicals, and so I was sort of known for being the sort of musical comedy boy uh, in the early 70s. That was right after Grease in 72. Well, did you win I, a Tony for one of those musicals? I did a Tony. I got a Tony two years later for a musical called The Robber Bridegroom in 1977. Right. So it was, uh, it was uh, during this sort of period, and... Of, of my really heavy involvement in musicals. And um, uh, and I just went and auditioned for it like everybody else, except, interestingly enough, Susan Sarandon and I auditioned together. We oh. were called in together, we read together, we sang together, and we got the job together. And <clears throat> I guess they sort of had paired us up before we even auditioned. To, you know, She had quite a, a resume of films already. I, I was somewhat new to the film business, having come from the stage more. Well, the two of you just looked so great together. I can see why why you were picked as uh, as Brad and Janet. What was it like to work with Susan Sarandon? 
Oh, she's a real pro. I mean, not only that, she's just the smartest person in the world and and was um, uh, so available to learn some new things. I mean, she had really never sung before, and uh, she just worked so hard to uh, um, uh, get up to speed with all of that. And um, But, you know, her charm and her beauty just carried her through all of that, and she... And she exceeded uh, and succeeded, and and she was, um, um, you know, she's she's. I keep on saying she's so smart and she's so dedicated and uh, and has a great sense of humor that it, it it made it made what could have been a very rough time, you know, very enjoyable. Well, I, that's what I wanted to ask you about because I know we had we had talked uh, before. Uh, for another uh, article that I was writing, and you talked a little bit about some of the obstacles that you faced while while filming. Uh, could you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Well, it was constantly raining. Uh, it's a, you know it's a very low budget film. I think it was made for under a million dollars, which is sort of unheard of these days. Uh, not that it hasn't generated you know a hundred times that or three hundred times that since. It's been released, but um, so therefore it was really a low budget, low low, you know, rent kind of, you know, endeavor for the producers. They had done the the original show on stage in London and in Los Angeles, and they just sort of wanted to get it on film and and do something that just sort of put it all to bed. You know, they had been with the show for so long. Tim had been with it for a long time, and. Um, and so we were shooting on sound stages that didn't have toilets and shooting in the old castle that had holes in the roof. The roof was falling in and, you know, we were it all... It was Frankenstein's castle. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, the Hammer film, Hammer horror movies, used this old manor house or castle, which is right across the field from Bray Studios, where we had a sound stage with our main set set up. And so... When we wanted to do anything that was inside of the castle, we just sort of trekked across the field into this old broken-down house, and uh, we had to sort of stay on the first floor because if you went any higher than that, you got drenched from the rain coming through the holes in the roof. Oh, no. And so, that... Yeah, so Susan came back with pneumonia. I oh. was uh, I was pretty much just wet the whole time. and uh, um, But you know what? It... it it, I'd never been to England before, so it was it was it was opened my eyes up to a whole new world of of people and things and uh, uh, and ways to spend my money, the little money I had. <laughs> so, in spite of the obstacles, you had some enjoyable experiences while while filming the movie. Oh, I had a great time. I I, I think I discovered flea markets when I was in London. That <laughs> that trip. Uh, <laughs> Every weekend I was down at some Bermondsey market or something, you know, buying little trinkets and this and that and uh uh it was um it was a great time. It was just it was just a great time. And we worked hard. I mean, we worked very very hard in that movie. Well, it certainly showed in the in the result. What's your favorite scene in the movie? Uh wow, my favorite scene in the movie was probably a scene that was cut and then put back in in a later version, a uh, song that I sang in the bedroom with uh, Frankenfurter. Um, and uh, uh, it was like post-sex post sex with him. And I had this song, and uh, and it was just sort of in the wrong place in the film. Uh, it, it stopped the action, and I understood why they cut it in the final edit, because uh, uh, the movie was really pushing forward at that time, and it sort of s- stopped everything cold in its tracks. But it's on one. It's on the newer uh, releases of it as a sort of addendum, and uh, uh, it's really quite good. So it's in the DVD versions that are out now. Probably. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't know if it's been edited into the actual place or if it's something that's been added on at the end, uh, just as a curiosity, you know. Well, did you have any idea when you were making this film? Uh, oh, okay. I'm sorry to stop you. The, the other thing I really oh. enjoyed was oh. uh, was the makeout scene in the in the pool, where everybody was uh, dressed up in uh, bustiers and and uh, uh, and high heel shoes, and we all jumped in the pool, 
and uh, were uh, fondling each other. <laughs> well, I guess you would. I love that. And, I, and, I, and that, that became a problem because when you get out of the pool, we had to sing a song and do a floor show dance routine, and we were all just wet, slippery, and, uh, you know, d- dancing's hard enough, but try to do it in six-inch spike heels, you know, on a wet floor. <laughs> now you have, have respect for Ginger Rogers, right? Oh, totally. <laughs> well, I my favorite, of course, I, I am an avid musical fan, and I just absolutely loved the time warp, the routine to let's do, you know, and let's do oh, the yeah. time warp again and the and the lyrics and everything. But did you have any idea that this movie would become such a cult classic? No. I mean, I don't even think cult cla- cult, cult things didn't really exist at that time. This sort of, uh, uh, you know, created a whole new genre. I mean, I think Pink Flamingos was out or something, but uh, uh, it was... Um, uh, you know, it was discovered by the fans, created by the fans, and became a spectacle because of the fans. Uh, we just thought we were making another sound of music. You know, we, <laughs> yes. we just didn't. We just didn't. Uh, we just thought we were making another film, uh, just another musical film. And nobody could have anticipated the the edge uh, that it developed. Uh, in the public's eye, and uh, the and the way it just sort of caught on, like you know, like a like a brush fire from coast to coast, meeting up in Kansas City somewhere a few years later, um, and uh, you know, it, it to me, it, it we we were just having fun, and and I think it shows. Well, it does show uh, in up there on the screen, and I remember that uh, Susan Sarandon said that this is the only one of the many films that she made that she thinks will be in a time capsule. Oh, <laughs> and, really? Yeah, and I was wondering, where where does Rocky Horror Picture Show rank in your list of career achievements? Uh, you know what? It's one of those sort of sidetracks, one of those uh, um, uh, sort of alleyways that a career goes down and, and it, it hits the end of the alleyway and then you sort of turn around and come back but it doesn't really lead anywhere because it's such a one-off. It's such a unique experience. You know, I mean, I didn't, after the, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, I didn't go out and do four other, uh, you know, musicals about transvestites. No. <laughs> They're just, they just weren't out there, you know. So, And uh, it was, uh, it, it, to me, it was, it's a, it's a, I'm very proud of the work. I'll always be, uh, uh, amused by it, and certainly I'm uh, appreciative to the fans who keep it alive year after year after year after year after a year, you know. And uh, I'm, uh, and I wish I could do something else like it, you know. Um, oh, I I wish you could too. Uh, I'd be first in line, I think. And you know, this I really think that this movie deserves its uh, cult following because. Just it's it's really there's a lot beneath the surface in this mm-hmm. film, and of course I love the all the outrageous costumes and the makeup and the unusual music, but it seemed to me that it was kind of exploring the feeling of being different and the the pain that goes with that with that feeling. It just it's it was kind of melancholy in a way too. So it had more going for it, I think, than than just uh, being bizarre and uh, and outrageous. And, of course, I'm just under the spell of that uh, Richard O'Brien music, yeah. especially especially the, the time warp. Well, well, you know what, let me just ask you, I mean, the, the, pro, the thing I, I, I think is one of the reasons why it, it took off is because of exactly what you're talking about. You know, these sort of disenfranchised kids who had no place to go on Friday night and... and, and you know, maybe there was five of them in every little city around the country who felt like they just didn't belong anywhere. And they created a place for them to belong. They created their own society. They created their own friendship. They created their own party every weekend. You know, they created a place for them to act out and and be who they thought they were, you know, and who they think they were inside and uh, in, in a safe environment where they wouldn't be... Uh, mocked or belittled uh, you know i mean outside it, it was uh 
to me, it, you're right. There is a, there is a melancholiness to it. I mean, look at the last scene of the of the of the movie. You know, we're 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 groveling around in the mud and the in the dust and and uh, uh, it there's yeah I think there's it it works on so many levels. It certainly does, and I'm just so sorry that I'm I've missed any of the midnight shows where. Uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show has played, and two, and and uh, you know one of those parties that you're talking about because that must have been so much fun for the people taking part in it. So well, maybe was, I can catch one out here yeah. in the sticks. <laughs> well, that that's really what you know what it is. I mean, it's that's that's what made it what it what it is. I, I mean, I think if you didn't first see it in the theater with a cast of kids, you know, playing the movie in front of the movie and all of that. You really miss the experience of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, you could take the tape and go home and play it and enjoy it, you know, on on just purely a filmic level. But it's it's really a happening. It's really an exper- experiential. Yeah. You, you had to become part of it uh, to to totally get it. I think, and that's why it has it has so many fans. I I think it's. Uh... Time now to check with uh, my helpful producer, Nikki Starr, to see if we have any callers. And by the way, Barry, Mm -hmm. Nikki is also a big fan. (laughs) Oh, Nikki, hi. Hi, Hi. Nikki. Hi. Nice to meet you. (laughs) Yes, I am. I am a big fan. Well, thank you. Very big fan. And we actually do have a caller. Oh, great. Yeah. Thank you for holding 512. You are on Movie Addict Headquarters with Barry Bostrick. Hi, this is Sunny Goodman. Hi. Hi. Hi, How are you? Fine. I have another blog talk show. Nikki and I have been talking on the chat room. Barry, I just love you. Oh, well, thank you. And I have loved you for 30 years. <laughs> Welcome to the club. And you're only yes. 30 and you're only 34 years old? That's it. I went when I was 4. No, I uh went there when I was about 26 or older. Uh-huh. Than that and I worked in a psych unit as a nurse. Oh, wow. And we got off, and we went to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show in San Diego. Oh, my god! And it was just bizarre. <laughs> and I thought I went from one psych unit to another. <laughs> <laughs> and how many people from the uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show ended up in your psych unit eventually? <laughs> I, can't, I don't think that there was an estimate on that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I just wanted to say I really like you. I have another... Talk radio show for erotic writers. Oh my gosh! So uh, I just thought it was more of an erotica movie than it was uh, a horror movie, really. Yes, I know. I think you're right. I mean, it was really pushing the pushing the envelope there, wasn't it? It was wonderful. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you after all these years, my friend. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, it was nice to talk to you, too, and thanks for the compliments. Okay. Well, I'll let somebody else talk to you so they get just as excited as I am right now. Oh, All well, right. sweet of you. Thank Bye. you so much for calling. Bye-bye. Thank you, Betty Jo. And we do have another caller. Great. Thank you for holding 806. You're on the Hi. air. Hi. Hi. Who's calling, this, please? My name's Annette. Um, I'm also another host on Blog Talk Radio. I just had to call in and say hi to Barry. I do have a couple of questions for you. Shoot, shoot. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I wanted to know, I was curious if you guys knew about the phenomenon of the movie with the people standing up and acting it out at the time, and if you ever snuck into one to see what it was about. Once that took off a few years after we made the movie, uh, you know, the movie was a huge failure when it first came out. And then yeah. it was rediscovered by the fans, and then, and then it, this sort of whole party atmosphere was created. And and I was very curious, and so I went into uh, New York, and, well, I was living in New York at the time, but I went and saw it and sat in the back, and uh, nobody recognized me, so I was able to really see over a period of time the sort of growth of the audience participation, um, all the way up until when an actual album was made of all the shenanigans that went on in the audience as opposed to what was going on on the screen, which was in many ways more fascinating to me because I knew what was going to be on the film. But what what was constantly surprising was what people were yelling out at the film. (laughs) And uh, and, uh, they weren't always complimentary to me. (laughs) Right, 
the only things I really remember because I never got to experience that. I was a little young when the movie first came out, and uh-huh. uh, and uh, not that I'm young now, but <laughs> yes. um, but I remember seeing it in the movie Fame. Yeah. Where they talked about where they went and saw it and and did all that and they're like kick it kick the tire and then you kick the tire in the movie and uh, stuff like that. But the other question I have for you is kind of a stupid one, but I was just wondering how you enjoy dressing in drag and doing all that stuff. Dressing in <laughs> drag, uh, I think that uh, at the, I would think I would enjoy dressing in drag at any age. I just, just like most like people like to dress up for Halloween. Right. Actors actors just we dress up for a living whether I'm putting a suit on or whether I'm putting on culottes and a you know a pink sweater. Um <laughs> it's just it takes me away from my mundane uh, daily existence and uh lets me fantasize and uh create uh, you know somebody unique and new for myself and uh um for for actors who have multiple personalities, which most of us do, it's a it's a perfect way to act it out. And um, uh, I wish I had held on to some of those uh, costume pieces. I probably could become quite rich on eBay at the moment if I still oh, had my yes. my stiletto heels. But uh, who knew? <laughs> you know, who knew? Right. Okay. Uh, well, thank you so much for answering my question. Well, thank you for fan. asking. Thank you so much for bye calling bye. in. Thanks. Bye-bye. And we have another caller. <laughs> Great. Thank Hello. you for holding. Thank you for holding 201. You're on the air. Yeah, hi. This is Alan Levy. How are you? Hi, Alan. This is Barry Bostwick. Mr. Bostwick, this is Broad Talk Radio CEO Alan Levy. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Nice, uh, welcome to uh, the Blog Talk Radio Network and Betty Joe's show. It sounds great. Oh, good. Nice to have your your fans calling in. But I have to say that when I saw that you were on the uh, the banner and coming on the show, I I was I grew up in in Long Island, mm-hmm. and in the 70s, I graduated high school in 77, and at Uniondale, I lived 10 minutes from Uniondale, and that was the Rocky Horror. That's where it started, I think. One of the places. I don't know about in L.A., but in New York, right? You were prime meat. Prime, it was every Friday night at midnight, we were online waiting, and just that's where we, that's where we went. That was our Friday night. In did, you dr- did, you, did you dress up? Did what? you dress up? No, I, 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 was, I was more in overalls and doing other things. I didn't dress up. You're a chicken. Uh, I was throwing stuff, though. I was good at throwing. I didn't dress up. But <laughs> there was plenty of people, though, that were dressing up and uh it was just the place, you know, we would go there. It was really a, a weekly thing. It was incre- that, It was so much energy there. It was incredible. That was at Uniondale, uh-huh. as you recall. I don't know if yeah. you guys must have done some, some shows there or something, too, or visited that place. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, uh, did, you, did you yell back at the screen? Yes, yeah. We all yelled at the screen. We knew the words. I mean, this was, honestly, it was a weekly thing. And, uh, it How was, many times would you say you saw it? Fifty. <laughs> wow, fifty times. <laughs> uh, I mean, at least fifty. I don't know. I mean, it was it was a whole it was it was it was the social. It was either you know you go to the co- a concert or you go uh-huh. if you're not going to a concert at in Uniondale at NASA Coliseum, then you go to Rocky Horror and you get there at eleven. You wait online. Everyone's hanging around doing their thing. You see the movie and then you're at the diner after. I mean, that was funny. It was that's really one of the early places where Rocky Horror. Became, you know, this uh, had this identity. Was there a right? cast? Was there a cast doing the show in front of the movie? You know, a few times they did, and there was a few of few of the people that would would come in and they were dressed up in full garb, and they would go up into the front of the audience in the in the the stage, and they would go and either do some stuff before the movie, or they would certainly walking up and down the aisles during the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But it hadn't really taken off yet, where they they had organized this sort of show in front of the show yet. No, no. This yeah. is really when I mean I don't know when did it, did the movie come out around seventy five. Seventy five, yeah. Yeah. So this was seventy six. So seventy five. It was still very fringe, of course. It was on mm-hmm. the outside, on the edge. But this Uniondale Theater was the only place in Long Island I think it was playing. 
Wow, it was there, and I think it was at the Waverly in New York City. I think it had, it had started in the city and it worked its way out to the island, and then uh, it just caught on, you know, and just started traveling around and uh, became the sort of hip and interesting and uh, you know happening thing to do. Right. Yeah. But thank you for being part of the of the whole Rocky <laughs> Horror experience. And yeah, well, it was the formative uh, look, formative years of my life, but it was uh, it was a pleasure. And uh, did it warp you in any way? <laughs> I I survived that. Uh, yeah, I wasn't. You know, there were some people that were deadheads in those in that era that would go to fifty dead shows, and 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 they was everything the dead. They had to travel everywhere. I mean, I wasn't like that with Rocky Hard. Just I grew up in Long Island in Nassau County, mm-hmm. and it, we had we didn't have a lot of things to do, but Rocky. That's where everyone congregated, so we went there, and so therefore we got to see. You know, the movie, you know, I, I attended it 50 times. I'm not sure how many times I got through the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, so, but anyway, it was a lot of fun, and uh, I'm glad you're on the network and enjoying uh, Blog Talk Radio. And, and Betty Jo, thank you for your, your time. Oh, thank you. thank you. This has just been such a treat for me, and I really appreciate you calling in, Alan. Well, my pleasure, and enjoy. Have a thank good you, day. Thank you, Alan. Thanks, Bye-bye. Alan. Bye-bye. And that's all the callers. We have four minutes left. Well, weren't they wonderful? Yeah. Thank you so much. You I mean, it was so, uh, so many, many fans. And now, Nikki, I think you said that you had a question too when we were talking earlier. Well, I have a couple, couple of them, but most, um, I have some questions in the chat that I'd like to get to him. Some of the fans want to know if you, if you have any pictures from when you were on the set. Do you keep any? Did you keep any photographs from when you were on I the set? I keep looking for them because I'd like to. I'd like to get a make a picture book or something of this sort of backstage thing, but I can't find any. Um, there wasn't the time in which digital cameras. If we had digital cameras, there'd be more pictures, you know, than you could you could ever possibly sell. But uh, we, I had a, I have a few, but nothing that that's uh, you know that's that unique. Um, I've got one of us standing in a in a drying booth after one of the uh, scenes in the pool, after the booth had just caught on fire. Uh, we had a fire on the set and almost burnt the whole set down because oh. the heat, heaters got too close to the walls in this little room that we would go into heat to, to sort of warm up because the pool wasn't heated or anything, and it was the middle of winter. And um, uh, I have a picture of that and uh, a few others, but... No, I wish I did. I, you know, probably I had more, and they, and who knew what the show was going to become, or I would have saved them all and right. archived. Hindsight, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. And then I have, I just have a confession uh-huh. to make. Um, <laughs> that that Rocky Horror Picture Show gave me a fetish for men in bustiers oh. and fishnets. Yep, that's <laughs> me my whole life too. And, so, and yeah. how do you and how do you find men to do that? How do you <laughs> well, convince them to do it? <laughs> It's a secret. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's all about trade. <laughs> it's I all about see. trade. But, I yeah, I have, I have fond memories, and it's a great, one of my top ten movies. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I think the really interesting thing about it is that everybody has some kind of, of a memory about it. It's like not a lot of movies do you carry something with you into your future, you know, going, oh, I remember that Friday night or those. 50 Friday nights, you know, it's, uh, you see a movie and you just sort of say, oh, that would entertain me for the time that I was there. But this was about adolescence. This was about changing of your, of your whole personality. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, that's, that's people, well it was, said, well, well said, Barry. You know? It's really a, a special, unique, uh, experience as well as a movie, but my, Goodness, I hate to be the party pooper. It's oh. astounding. Time is fleeting. Oh. And we're almost out of time now. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks so much, Barry, for Well, all up. I can say is just don't dream it, be it. Exactly. <laughs> it sure exactly. meant a lot to Nikki and me as well as to your other fans and the people who love the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, thanks so much to Nikki for, for helping out today. And I also want to thank Barry Bostwick for being such a great guest. And it was a wonderful surprise when Alan Levy called in to share his personal experience with the Rocky Horror Midnight Shows. 
Who knew? <laughs> Thanks to Alan and our other cal uh, callers for their participation. It was especially touching to hear our dear friend, Sonny Goodman, who is no longer with us. Time now for a brief message from one of our loyal listeners. Hi, comedian Nancy Lombardo here, host of Comedy Concepts Blog Talk Radio. And when I need my movie fix, you'll know where I'll be found. That's right, every Tuesday at 4 p.m., listening to Betty Jo Tucker on Movie Attic Headquarters Blog Talk Radio. Show me the funny, Betty, show me the funny. Thanks so much, Nancy, for that fun promo. And I want to take a, a little bit of time here to thank um, Nancy and George Bettinger and uh, the folks at uh, the Wacko Bob Network for their enthusiastic support. They always mention Movie Attic Headquarters on their wonderful radio shows. Nancy is the host, and she's hilarious, and her comedy concept show airs right here on Blog Talk Radio every Monday and Friday morning at 10.30 Eastern Time. George hosts a very entertaining mom-and-pop shop show on TuneIn Radio from Miramar, Florida, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, the Wacko Bob Network is uh, has so many diverse shows. There's, there are... Uh, there's something for everybody on the Wacko Network, which is broadcast now on MIXLR. And someone from the Wacko Bob Network is with us now. It's the one and only Chuck Skull, who uh, is an actor, a radio host. He's uh, he's uh, dabbled uh, in to the field of special effects. He's been with us uh, a couple of times here on Movie Attic Headquarters, and we're always so happy when he can join us. So let me see if we can bring him on now. Hi, Chuck. Hey, Betty Jo. <laughs> oh, How are you doing, so kiddo? Oh, I'm doing uh, fine. I've just had so much fun listening uh, again to that Barry Boswick interview and to his conversation with his uh, with the callers and with uh, Nikki, who's a big fan of of that movie as I am. And of course, what we wanted to know from you, and I know that you're you're really uh, avid Rocky Horror fan too. Uh, what did you think of the uh, remake that aired on Fox last? Uh, Last week. I was, now, now, Nikki and I, Nikki and I have already shared our reactions, and we want to know if if it, if they compare to yours. So you're on, Chuck. Yeah, I I was disappointed. Uh, ah, what disappointed you? Well, a lot of the casting was really off. Ooh, for example. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, the Lambert kid trying to do a meatloaf party did not have the vocal chops to pull off that song. Yeah, Hot Patootie. Uh, meatloaf growls that out, and this kid, they drowned him out with the guitars. <laughs> I see. And what then, about uh, Fra Dr. Dr. Frankenfurter was fine. I mean, uh, Frankenfurter, Brad and Janet were all cast well. Mm -hmm. uh, Victoria Justice, you know, really good singer. You know, they didn't have to cheat in any vocals on her or anything or do anything like drown her out with the instrumentals. Uh, no, she was. I agree. Yeah, the uh, the kid doing Rocky himself was, was pretty good. The other thing was, like, they yeah, cheated one of the most iconic scenes in the film. Uh, instead of doing the uh, cage elevator, they went and used a cherry picker. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's a cheat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wondered about that myself. <laughs> but that, that's like one of the most iconic scenes, the first time you see Frank. It's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was quite... I thought, who's who's coming who's coming up now? Uh, Carol Channing, <laughs> Hello Dolly, or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was the that yeah, was no, really I, interesting. Well, I I gone through my mind when we started talking about me coming on to your show and that, and I realized there's only two members of the cast I haven't met or worked with. 
That was Alien really? Quinn. Really? Well, I'm not surprised. You've, you've done so many movies that uh, whenever we talk together over on the Wacko Network, there's always something, uh, some movie that you've worked on that I haven't seen, and you kind of give me assign, assignments <laughs> for me to keep up. But who else? Yeah, well, that's like I, I did a stinker with Meatloaf called Motorama. Motorama? <laughs> yeah. And, oh, it's a really bad film. Uh, but I also worked on an episode of Equalizer with him. I see. And then what about I, Tim Curry? Did... Uh, Tim Curry, I had met on the set of a video game because he worked on the Command oh. and Conquer video games as a uh, as the Russian premier. That was the other thing that bothered oh. me about the film was Tim Curry. I hope that was acting because he did not look well at all. Yeah, I'm I in the in the in the remake. Yeah. I was worried yeah. about that. I mentioned that at the at the beginning of the show and in fact uh though other than that, uh Nikki and I were are uh, diametrically opposed to your reactions to the <laughs> to the remake <laughs> because we we thought that Adam Lambert did a good job. We weren't happy. Uh, he with, looked with good in the part. He just did he just that one song he couldn't handle well. Yeah, yeah and ha- having worked in music and around that, I know that whenever they drown out a singer's vocals with instrumentals, they're hiding something. Well, I'm surprised to hear you you say that. I I was really impressed with him. And uh, what about the way the movie, the uh, remake, opened? What did you think about that uh, that presentation? I actually enjoyed the opening. Uh, the girl that was singing as the usherette was good. Yes. And, and you know, I was surprised because originally it was sung by a man. It was uh, Richard Ritz O'Brien who sang it originally. Mm-hmm. Actually, the Broadway play, the original singer was Aileen Quinn, Magenta. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was, it's her lips that are actually used in the beginning of the film. Yes. And I thought they did a, a good job of uh, showing the audience the reaction of the making this a, a movie that the that people were going to, and then showing the yeah. audience and their yeah, reaction. Yeah, that was one of the parts so that, I that was one of the parts I enjoyed. It was very creative, I thought, uh, and I thought, oh wow, we're really in in for something. But but then I did uh, like you, I did get disappointed. But Nikki and I were thinking that if you hadn't seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show, the original, that you might really really enjoy the remake. Yeah, but I can't think, think anyone that... old enough to sit through it that hasn't already seen it. <laughs> oh, that's probably right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not sure. I can't think of I'm anybody sure over about... the age of 12 that hasn't seen that film. Well, you might be right because it's been around since 1975 and such a cult uh, cult classic. Hell, I've had it on VHS, uh, Laserdisc, uh, CD, now Blu-ray. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you might it's be right. in every format. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think it's been such a success, the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Uh, it's fun. It was just fun camp. And the audience actually didn't look at it like uh, a serious musical or a serious science fiction film or a serious horror film. They saw it as fun camp. You know, it's just like the musical version of uh, Little Shop of Horrors. They didn't take it for oh, serious yes, art, they took you... it for fun. Yes, yeah, I'm this glad is you one of, that, that was one of those films that, I mean, some of your profession, but the critics got it wrong when they panned it originally. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just proved that critics don't always catch on to what's going to catch on. That's true. You know, and Cisco, it's the fans. Cisco and Evil hated Evil Dead, and that's one of the biggest oh, things in the film. I remember that. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it, it's just a fun camp film. People have a good time with it. I mean, people sit at home with it now, you know, on like I said, on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. 
And I, I haven't checked yet, but I, I'd imagine it's probably streaming on Hulu and Netflix. I think so. Yeah, every yeah, every so. Halloween, you know, somebody's showing it somewhere. And we're doing it, and we're doing the uh, we're doing the tribute to it every Halloween, or not on, yeah, on I, Halloween. Yeah, I've heard, but I've heard cats on the radio for the last two weeks. I, I actually even heard it on Walmart radio when I was really? at work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> middle of the yeah. night, and you're hearing time warp, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> here it comes. Yeah, here it comes. And Richie O'Brien wrote some good catchy tunes for that. Oh, the the music. I think the music had so much to do with the, with its success. And um uh, that uh time warp, I mean, is is just one of as I mentioned before, one of my favorite musical numbers on on screen. And but the thing I was so disapp- that made me the most disappointed, Chuck. Uh, were the dance routines? I didn't think they could compare at all to the one. No, uh, the girl playing uh, Columbia uh, couldn't dance compared to Little Nell. There was a problem there, and then the the dance numbers were too exaggerated. I mean, they were just perfect. They were not, you know, in the in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. They were just perfect and well and well thought out, especially the time yep. warp number. And you didn't have to go beyond that, you know, to make them even more more bizarre and, you know, like frenzied, kind of frenzied. Yeah, so well, you also have a, to realize that there, there were people involved with that film that had been doing it on Broadway for uh, off-Broadway for years mm-hmm. by the time they did the film. I mean, they, they did it for like three years before they made the film. Oh, is that right? Yeah, so O'Brien started as a uh, musical play in uh, England. They right. came to the States and then got made into a movie because Meatloaf worked on the stage play. Well, then, so, O'Brien, so, so many of Quinn, the people so that were in the, So what you're saying is that a lot that many of the people who were in the stage play, the original stage play, then were chosen to be in the in the film in the film. Yeah, because well, they they didn't have the easiest time casting that film. <laughs> well, yes, and of course Susan Sarandon. I don't think uh, Barry Bostwick. Those two were not in the the original. No. because I know he he talked about auditioning. He and Susan went together to the audition, and they were surprised then when when they were both cast for the the role of uh, Janet and and Brad. But a lot of the people that were originally involved in the in the musical play probably ended up in the in the film. Maybe maybe the dancers that made that might have made a difference. But um, but that was that was my my problem with it. I'm glad I saw it though. I thought I thought it was uh, it was entertaining. But I was just so uh, into the original. And you know how how I am about remakes. I think you feel. You have some kind of a bias along those lines too, because we've talked about this before. You think if yeah, the, I, if the I film myself is am perfect, not normally fond of remakes. Yeah, and I was looking forward to this one, especially after hearing Tim Curry say he liked it. Yes, and and uh, you we were you and I talked about this before on the Wacko Bob show. We. We were we were thinking, well, you know, maybe maybe this is going to be great because Tim Curry likes it, and also O'Brien, of course, the songs. You know, I I didn't think yep. they could mess those up, and uh, you know, I, I just and I do like Laverne Laverne Cox and the other things that she's involved in, like in Orange Is the New Black. I I really haven't seen her in that, but I've seen her in a movie called Musical Chairs. And I just raved about her performance, so I thought that that would all work out. But um, have you read any reviews? No, I haven't that? actually. I haven't either. I haven't either. I'm going to go go check those out. But uh, yeah, I, I haven't anyway. seen well, any you know posted to Facebook or anything like that. And I don't normally delve too deep into things when it comes yeah. to that. Yeah. You know, Especially before oh, I see it, I you know I don't want to run into spoilers and people like doing that that's now. That's good. 
Yeah, and a lot of those are give, given away. Well, we have a few minutes here, and um, I, I would like our listeners to know uh, about your uh, radio shows that you're doing, uh, because I, of course, be sure to start out with the golden age of radio, because you know that's that's my favorite of your shows. But but let the, let our listeners know what what else you're up to. Yeah, well, golden age now is doing good. It's uh, it, it, it's grown into a monster. I'm on three networks now. Great. Uh, I'm on the Wacko Network with that on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Uh, I'm on weekdays at uh, 1 in the afternoon on American Patriot Radio. And then uh, Saturday nights, I'm on 920 WON. You are a very, very busy guy. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I, yeah, it takes, you two hours. Always... it takes you four hours to do that two-hour show. I know. I know that it, I know that it would, but... But you know, uh, keep up the, keep up your good work because I think that yeah. uh, the, the, well, especially the golden night, age I'm of doing a Halloween party. It's what? The Saturday night it's from what? nine to midnight, I'm doing a Halloween show. Oh, It'll oh, be two okay. hours Saturday of Halloween night. music, including stuff from Rocky Horror and the sequel, Shock Treatment. Okay, and that's this Saturday. It was the sequel to Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes, it was. And okay, now tell, say again, uh, how how our listeners can listen to that on Saturday night, the Halloween music show. Well, either over at the Wacko Radio Network on Mixler, American Patriot Radio, uh, which is uh, their own site, and then uh, 920WON, which is its own site. Oh, uh, all right. Well, on three networks. That's, I'm going to end it with great. War of the Worlds. What a what a night! That's going to be great, listeners. Be sure to take uh, uh, to take Chuck up on that uh, date with Chuck uh, on Saturday night, and uh, we'll get to hear a lot of Halloween music. Now, I see that our time is almost up, and uh, I want to thank you, Chuck, for being with us today. I really, really appreciate it, and. Uh, I want to ask our listeners to be sure to come back to Movie Attic Headquarters for our next show. You'll be sure to uh, hear a spirited discussion about movies. And in the meantime, don't forget to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. Also, if you haven't ordered my new book, Cinema Stanzas, Rhyming About Movies, you can purchase this Kindle ebook for only $3.99 on Amazon.com. Thanks to so many of you who have purchased the book and commented on it. I really appreciate it. Well, that's all for now, folks. So let's go out now, of course, since we're paying tribute to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. We're all going to... Do the time warp again. It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control. Yo.
you're into the time slip And nothing can ever be the same You're the subtle sensation Like you're under Yeah. 